0: Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. Have you ever felt the nudge? You know, that nagging thought or the what if that won't go away no matter how hard you try to bury it down. That nudge usually involves doing something a little crazy or different maybe from your norm, which is probably why we spend so much of our energy trying to ignore it instead of giving it a moment to speak freely. Oftentimes a nudge is the beginning of, quote unquote, a next step in our life, which could mean going for a promotion all the way to switching industries or careers. So next steps are big and they're sometimes scary, but always necessary if you want to keep pushing forward. Well, joining me today to talk about how to find the courage to navigate a big shift in your life is Elizabeth Knox. She's the founder of Match Pace, which I will have her share about in a second. She also has a podcast called You Need to Stop Doing That, which challenges and helps listeners to live a life in line with their priorities. Elizabeth is also an author, and her writing has been featured in HuffPost, Thrive Global, Today's Parents, and Today's Christian Women. Her first book, Faith-Powered Profession, was published in 2013 and helps women grasp the importance and power of their professional work. And you can also find it on the Ford website. We will link in the episode page. So Elizabeth, thank you so, so much for being able to come on today to chat with me about next steps.
1: Thank you, Jordan. I'm excited to be here. And now that I have heard the intro, I actually think there are really good ties, of course. Um, into some of our conversation that I didn't pick up earlier. So um I'm glad I paid attention this time.
0: <laughs> oh, love when that happens. Well, before we get into next steps, um, like I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, I would love to have you talk to all of us a little bit more about match pace.
1: Sure. So our tagline is we have two taglines. Um, one is reimagine your workday, and the other is work well and live well. Mm-hmm. And we are big believers that people have multiple priorities in their lives. Um, and we think that working well is really important and we really want to help people sustain high quality work without burning out. Mm -hmm. And so while there will always be seasons of, you know, all out sprinting at work, um, a lot of people are trying to work 50 or 60 or more hours a week and are recognizing that it never negatively impacts their quality of life. Um, Mm -hmm you know, sometimes crashing, sometimes burning. Um, And so that's where this concept of pace comes from. We want our clients to run at a healthy, sustainable pace that helps them accomplish their mission over the long term. And we also know that every individual has their own optimal pace at work that allows them to also have other priorities, like family responsibilities or friendships or hobbies or rest. Um, And so when you can align an organizational pace and an individual, individual pace, you know, to match the pace, yeah. um, you create, create this great partnership between organizations and employees that helps both of them thrive. So mm-hmm. that's what we do at Match Pace.
0: Awesome. And I think that's a great tie in then to next steps. So usually you think about changing something up on a slower timeline, or it's a shift that you get to make over a certain period of time. And I would say, if you're listening to this in 2020, you'll relate, uh, that this year next steps means something a little different. Um, so have you seen a lot of people being kind of forced into making big changes professionally this year?
1: Yeah, absolutely people are being forced into making big changes. Businesses are closing. People are losing their jobs or they're being furloughed. People's families, members, family members are sick or have died. People are having an awakening to the realities of racial injustices in our country and in our world. We're facing climate change. So there are a lot of things that are forcing people to make major reconsiderations. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then if, Someone hasn't experienced something that's quite so obviously tragic. The pandemic has changed some of the noise around us. So obviously, there's an increase in static of how many things are going on. Exactly. Pandemic, the U.S. election. You know, there's there are so many stories, and those are important and deserve our attention. But at the same time, I think there's a quieting um, with less activities to run to, or with the same people all the time. You know, you mentioned it in the intro. That was kind of what you know, made the connection was this nudge that won't go away. And so I think what's also happening is that we have the opportunity to uncover the things that being busy have, has, have kept covered up. Um, and so I think that people are, are both being forced to make major changes and if they aren't having something so obviously forced them, they are reconsidering and reevaluating, um, Anyway, and so I do think it's making us, um, as one of my colleagues, Nicole said, you know, it's, it's, we're becoming more empathetic to each other and more honest with ourselves and with each other. And hopefully that makes us a little bit closer and a little bit more caring as humans. Um, mm-hmm. But there is so much reevaluation going on all around us.
0: Yeah. Well, and another part of the forced next steps, I guess we could say is there's probably a lot of people too that are listening who they don't even have a job anymore. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. kind of another part of this pandemic, you know, not, not even necessarily like your life has gotten so much more difficult because you're, you know, juggling different things. Maybe you have all the kids at home still, um, you're homeschooling now, in addition to working from home, which maybe you haven't done that either, but you know, I mean, there, there may even be some people that are kind of starting back at square one. Um, you know, they had a good job, they had a career and now they don't. So now that next step is the first step.
1: Yeah. There are people who are starting back at square one without jobs, um, without family members who provided for their family, um, with Mm -hmm. broken relationships. And there is, um, just so much going on that we, is going to make us reconsider, um, what next steps might be.
0: Yeah. Well, and another thing to just kind of add to the chaos of what's going on is I have seen, I feel like so many articles lately that are saying women are going to have an especially hard time recovering from everything COVID-19 and quarantine have done. Would you agree with that? I wholeheartedly agree. I yeah. see it in my own life. I see it in the lives of yeah. friends and it's
1: so present in the statistics Actually, McKinsey and Lehman just released their sixth annual Women in the Workplace survey.
0: Yes.
1: Um, And that's exactly what they're trying to call attention to is that, Mm -hmm. you know, their opening paragraph is no one is experiencing business as usual, but women, especially mothers, senior level women, and Black women have faced distinct challenges. Um, One in four women are considering downshifting their careers or leaving the workforce due to COVID. And Mm -hmm. so it's absolutely happening you know even before the pandemic there were significant gaps in women in leadership and the gender pay gap and now that's those things are amplified and i do actually think Matchpiece has something to offer you um when we have the traditional conversation about the gender pay gap or why women are you know leaving the workforce right now for caretaking responsibilities mm-hmm. you know the, the traditional solution is that men should take on more taking responsibilities so that women can be more available for their jobs. Um, given all of the waste in a traditional workday, you know, if you work on eliminating, eliminating that waste for everyone, no one would have to work exceedingly long hours to prove their worth. You know, our current systems reward people who have more time and time like hours are not equal. Um, we can, you know we're actually going to get into that later in the questions but all hours are not created equal and so if we are able to focus on the most important things and do those with our attention without distraction and then recognize that a lot of what we do isn't actually crucial or essential we can give everybody back their time so if we move away from a system that reco- rewards hours and instead focuses on focus and actual outcomes it's going to go a long way towards recognizing women's contributions and make things more humane and sustainable for everyone um, with caretaking responsibilities right now.
0: Well, and I love what you said too, about it's almost exacerbating problems that were already there for Mm -hmm. women, (laughs) Like you know, that we, this balancing act is not, not anything new, but I I do feel like it's just been, it's been turned up a few notches and, you know, unfortunately that increased heat <laughs> from COVID and quarantine and everything is probably forcing women to do more drastic things. And, you know, in the sense of like what you mentioned where they're thinking about leaving. Um, you know, and then with that, you know, they probably don't want it to be a permanent leaving. So, you know, they then have that in the back of their mind, like, okay, well, how do I re-enter the workforce, you know, once everything gets back to quote unquote normal. We will not never get back to normal, but you know, it, it's, it's just this vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, I can't
1: remember exactly what it says, but we used this meme in our last newsletter that was, it was, you know, quoting a conversation and people were like, wow, moms are amazing. I don't know how you do it. And the mom is like, I'm not doing it. It's I'm drowning. And they're like, but you're a rock star. I mean, and yeah. she's like, can I have some help? And they're like, you're doing great. And, (laughs) and so,
0: I mean, we laugh, we laugh. We're both working moms. So we laugh. And then I I don't know about you, but me, I'm going, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I relate to the other part of that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And so I think it's a crisis, um, Mm -hmm. but isn't there's, I don't know if this is true or not. So someone can fact check me. Um, But I have (laughs) heard that the Chinese symbol for crisis is danger and opportunity combined. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's real, real, real significant danger to women in the workforce. Um, but if we could sustain attention on this caregiving crisis, we have the chance to create a more just and equitable workplace. And I think yeah. that we need to really invest on the opportunity side of this. Otherwise, it's just going to be danger for women, for families, and realistically for workplaces. Workplaces need... yeah the the skills and the abilities that women bring um and so it's going to become very dangerous for our society if we don't focus on the opportunity
0: yeah well so let's shift for a minute so in a perfect world (laughs) with no quarantine and a fragile economy uh let's say someone wants to shake things up they want to go for a new job maybe they want to start their own business so what are some simple to remember steps that they should follow that that you would offer
1: Mm -hmm. so I wonder. We'll have to see in a few minutes if my advice is any different from a pandemic, you know, from not a pandemic to a pandemic. But (laughs) I I think another old saying that I don't know exactly where it comes from. I think I've got. We're going to have at least one more of those in this podcast. Um, But another old saying that I've heard is, "You can't fix the roof when it's raining." And I mean, of course, you can fix the roof when it's raining. But what I think the quote is getting to is that the best time to prepare is when it's not a crisis. Um, right. And so that's a skill that I kind of try to keep present in my mind um, in terms of always keeping, you know, always keeping the roof fixed. And so what that looks like for me is just staying in touch with my network. Um, you know, yeah. it's, and when I am, you know, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes networking. What I try to do is, you know, go into each interaction with how can I serve, and what, how could this person potentially help me? Um, because I don't want it to be all about me and my roof is leaking, and you know, I don't have a job or I don't have this. Um, how can I? How can I potentially help this person? But at the same time, you know, these these people may have connections that can help me. So being clear about what exactly it is that I need or what exactly it is that I can offer. And so I do try to, you know, keep my network fresh um, so that when I'm looking for a change, I've got a lot of different people that I can talk to about it and get their perspective on it. Another thing that I think has been really helpful for me is to test things out. So when you're looking to start a new business, there's something called a customer discovery interview. And I would parallel it to an informational interview that, you know, you often do when you're, when you are looking for a job. And I think what is helpful about both of those, and I think most people go into those kind of hoping it leads to something but really an informational interview or a customer discovery interview at its heart is just finding out about them. What is it like you know, an informational interview is what is it like to work here? You know, what kinds of skills are you looking for for people, you know, to have when they come to work here? I'm just curious about this. And a customer discovery interview is the same thing. You go talk to people who might potentially be your customers. I'm like, Hey, I see this as a problem. Do you have this problem or what problem do you have? And then what have you done to try to solve it? And how much have you spent to try to solve it? And it gives you ideas for how to frame, you know, if it's a new business that you're interested in pursuing, oh, somebody's willing to pay $40 a month to solve that problem. You know, it gives you kind of guardrails when you're thinking about how to pursue the new thing. So I think keeping your network fresh, being willing to test things out um, are a couple of things that... I would recommend when someone's thinking about the next step.
0: Mm. Okay. And then like you said, let's go to the other side. (laughs) Let's go to if you're listening again this year, current day, uh this year, its circumstances, how would you suggest someone make a big change professionally? Yeah.
1: And so assuming that's urgent, that's what I mean, that's what I would hear. Because I feel like a lot of people, at least in the first you know, three to six months of this, people are like, I'm just going to stay where I am. <laughs> I'm not going to make a big change. Yeah, yeah, And I think people are yeah. getting a little bit more restless or they're just seeing new opportunities. And so they're making considerations. But generally, I would think that there's a, a level of urgency to someone making a change. And I'm going to borrow advice from someone close to me who has been laid off a couple of times. And their advice is to mm-hmm. take a week or two to be sad And then find a flexible job doing something you enjoy. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. say you like riding your bike. Hey, see if a bike shop is hiring and you can add a skill to your life. You can have something to talk about, but it's not so rigid. It's not a nine to five job in a field that you don't like. Um, And so I've done that exercise. If I were to get, if I were to, you know, before I had match pace, you know, if I were to get fired or laid off, what would I do? And I have really enjoyed waitressing. Um, I've enjoyed you know, food service. It's, it's fun. It's, you know, I'm really good at making eye contact with people. I'm good at anticipating needs, you know, so serving waiting tables would be what I would pick or working at Trader Joe's. That looks fun. So I've kind of gone through the exercise of what would be my, you know, gig. And then you've got structure, which makes you get up in the morning. You have to be somewhere. You have people counting on you. You've got some pay, even if it doesn't, if it's not, you know, equal to what you had been making before, And then the timing isn't so rigid that you couldn't make time to explore and do informational interviews or do actual job interviews. Um, and so that is probably what I would recommend. And one thing I would not recommend is endlessly sending out resumes. Um, I really think that when I look at myself personally, and I look at other people, most of our jobs come from people we know and conversations that we're having, and recommendations and referrals. And so we can tell ourselves, and this is true, if you're trying to start a business too. you can, there's so much that you can do from behind your computer, there, are. you've got to build a website, you've got to get your website SEO optimized, you've got it, there are so many activities to do. But if you really want to make a shift, if you really want to find a new job or pursue a new business, you need to be out talking to the people who know where jobs are or, you know, would be potential customers. Um, and so those are, you know, if someone's making, considering making a big change right now, I think that's the path I recommend.
0: Well, and when you and I were talking before this, um, you mentioned something that I think someone had texted you or said to you where, you know, it was something, something along the lines of fake it till you make it is too Mm -hmm. costly now. Um, you know, you don't have that kind of security Mm -hmm. blanket in a way of everybody's at the same office and we're all doing the same stuff. Now it's like, no, everybody's home. Mm -hmm. And now we're super paying attention to what everybody's doing. I feel like, so I guess, like, do you have any, any thoughts beyond that or about that? So
1: that was, um, I read from my colleague, Nicole's text a little bit earlier, and that was part of you know, just our exchange back and forth. I think I had said to her something about, you know, it's been exhausting trying to fake it until I make it. Um, You know, and i just in, you know, vulnerability and honesty, I was talking about, I feel like I have to sometimes pretend that I don't have children or my husband, certainly, you know, he works in a more rigid nine to five kind of place. And it doesn't seem like people are giving any, consideration to all that is going on behind the scenes to make the world turn. Um, you know, when Mm -hmm. we've got four children (laughs) at home and, and, you know, (laughs) so it's really hard for me sometimes to show up for client calls or whatever and be like, Oh yeah, everything's great. And I don't want to fake it. I also don't need to be vulnerable with everybody all the time. Um, what's your listenership? How many people are telling this story that I'm
0: Right, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm yeah. tired of thinking it, or that everything isn't great. Um, you know, right. and I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Making sure that you have people that you can be real with, you know, people that you can be honest to that you feel like you are cracking under the pressure, um, so that you have that outlet. So that yeah. when you're with the people who probably don't have that much empathy or sympathy, or like that's not the you want humanity in the workplace. Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying that we should strip ourselves of our humanity, but people that you can be real with so that you don't have to fake it. Um, you know, you don't have to fake it when you show up somewhere that you do have as much as you can a handle on things. Um, and so figuring out with the people that you trust, how you can get the resources that you need. Um, yeah. That's, that's my thought, and that's my apparently uh, confessional here <laughs> in my WeWork my WeWork phone booth. <laughs> that feels very much like a confessional.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, let's talk about something a little bit more fun, Uh, not as heavy. Um, You guys at MatchPace, you have this free resource called ChronoPace that I think would be a great starting point for any professional, whether they're wanting to take a next step or just improve their life and reclaim some sanity, like I will be checking this out for sure. Um, Could you share how you developed this tool and how our listeners can use it? And then side note to listeners, we will be linking this on the episodes page on our website, so check it out.
1: And so I think I mentioned this. Earlier, that it seems like in a traditional workday, it implies that all hours are created equal, that you can expect the same output from a person at any given time of day. And that is really harkens back to an industrial economy where the machines turned, you had to, you know, turn this wrench this many times an hour to produce, you know, whatever it was you were producing. And so we have these you know, kind of rigid expectations The workday is X number of hours long. And we, you know, we kind of expect ourselves to be able to produce the same thing hour after hour after hour. And probably for most of the forward listenership, they probably work in knowledge economy jobs. So you're not as much doing something manual as you are trying to turn your brain. And our brains don't work the same way a machine does, or even, you know, we can kind of command our wrist to turn one way to turn a wrench or something And so the idea is that actually each person has their own chronotype. Um, You have, you know, you probably know, Hey, I'm an early bird. I'm a night owl. There are a couple of different times in the middle. And what works best in a knowledge economy is figuring out what time of day is your best time of day. Um, What time of day you're feeling freshest, what time of day you feel like you can get into the groove more and then pushing your most important and, kind of focused work to that time period so for example i'm an early bird and i know that if i get up if i a get a good night's sleep if i go to bed on time and children don't wake me up you know if i get up at five o'clock in the morning i can get so much done you know between five and eight or something you know my husband and i back before the pandemic would alternate days when we left the house before the kids woke up and i could get so much done in those three hours that if you were to ask me to do those between five and eight in the afternoon or between eight and 11 in the afternoon, it's, I get nothing done. Um, and so if you know that about yourself and you can put your most important work and if your most important work is your children, that's great. Give them your focused time. If you're, you know, we're speaking to professional women mostly on this podcast. And so for your most important professional work, put that in that time. And then the idea that we're talking about from an organizational standpoint is recognize that people need uninterrupted time to focus and they need time for synergy and collaboration. And what ends up happening in most work days is that you have synergy and collaboration all over the map. You have an eight o'clock meeting, you have a nine o'clock meeting, you might have, you know, something that goes from nine to ten thirty. then you have an hour break and there really aren't times to focus. So if an organization can be aware of people's chrono paces Um, and they're chronotypes and we turned it into a chrono pace. Like how should you look at kind of the pace or the rhythm of your day? And then if an organization can be aware of that and they know, you know, when to, to target collaboration and synergy and not expect people to be available all day, every day for collaboration and synergy. And so I think that's Mm -hmm. also important when you're considering your professional life right now. And also when you're considering next steps you may decide to, you know, put your contemplation about your next steps in your most important time of the day. You know, you may need some uninterrupted time to really get in touch with yourself and figure out what you're looking for and figure out how you want to pursue it and take those action steps to pursue it. And that has become your most important work. And so if you know what time of day is best for you, put that work in your key, your core hours.
0: Did you guys take into consideration uh, circadian rhythm? Because I yes. feel like that's kind of similar. Um, and so it's very random, but we have a sleep number bed. And so sleep number, I guess their new beds or their latest beds or whatever, um, the app that you use for that, they actually incorporate circadian rhythm and then they track your sleep so it, it i didn't realize they did that and then i got this email one week and it was like oh yeah check out you know when you should be doing you know mm-hmm. your workout and i went what we well, are in bed what are you talking about <laughs> but it, and it does it uses your sleep patterns and then your circadian rhythm i guess feeds off of that and so they give you here's the hour you should be working out here's your most uh productive or um i guess like your most concentrated mm-hmm. time you know during the day like you'll be the most productive mm-hmm. during this you know hour range or something like that and it was just really interesting so it yeah, kind of sounds like the, the same thing
1: science that both of these things are based on is the same science in the circadian rhythm and there's something called the morningness eveningness quotient and so there's a lot of science to back this up that mm. if you consider the time for different activities you, you can get more out of those activities um, and so it's, I mean, it can feel a little bit like an endless chase to optimization, or it can feel like a really nice <laughs> way to, you know, know this about yourself to know that, you know, I'll get more out of yeah. my workout if I do it at this time of day, or I'll get more out of my work if I do it at this time of day. So, Yeah. so yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why I I'm curious to take this and, and kind of look into this tool a little bit, because you know, according to that app, um, you know, they were saying, oh, you should go to bed between 10, you know, and 11 and wake up between like six and seven. And, you know, my husband gets up at six, so I get up at six. (laughs) So I was already doing that part of it, but then, you know, the other part I was going to bed, you know, usually a little Mm -hmm. bit earlier than 10 to 11. So I was like, oh, maybe, you know, would that make a difference? And, and it's actually kind of nice because, you know, my kids go to bed by like eight, eight thirty, And so then I have, you know, an hour, maybe two hours, I quote unquote to myself. I mean, it depends on if I'm just like really beat, then I will just go to bed. But, you know, so I, I started kind of filling in that time a little bit before I went to bed and it is kind of weird, but I mean, it, it is generally productive time for me. And then I do kind of wake up in the morning and go, oh, well, I do feel a little bit more rested or, you know, and then it's funny because then everything else that this app, you know, has said would, you know, be good times for stuff. It does actually ring true. Um, you know, I get into the day and I'm like, oh yeah, I was really productive between 10 and 11 AM, like what in the world? (laughs) This is weird. But yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, it's something that, I feel like this kind of feeds into also where you, you have to start making time for things like things Mm -hmm. that you go, Hey, you know, I don't have time for this. And it's like, no, actually you do, but you gotta, you gotta fight for it a little bit or, you know, maybe you're prioritizing things that you shouldn't be prioritizing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you remove this, you'll have more room for what you really want to do slash need to do. So, Mm um, yeah. Like I said, I'm excited yeah. and I'm sure, I'm sure most people listening are going to go check that out as well.
1: Um, well, and now a word from our sponsor sleep number. Um,
0: yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that
1: sounds exactly. It. And it does work. The science is, you know, the science is strong. Um, and I think you just brought up something you mentioned, the podcast that I host, you need to stop yeah. doing that. I think a lot of times yeah. we think our answer is to add more to our life. We think that the, and you know, we think it's a fancy app that's going to help us, or we think it's, you know, a relationship with this person, or we think it's going, you know, and really a lot of times we need to subtract things because they're getting in the way of us focusing on the most important things. We, you know, don't have time in the day to do everything. There isn't a way to, to pursue every interest and idea. And so sometimes making conscious choices about what to take out, of our lives actually opens up space for our priorities. So I'm all for taking things out. Um,
0: Yeah. Well, and that, and that, you know, alone could also be a big next step for somebody is simplifying your life. It might not be something that's like this big, scary new step or, you know, a big shift. It could be just removing a couple of things, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, then that could feel like a big next step for somebody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it
1: does remove some of the noise. And so then, yeah. you know, when you, mm-hmm. it's the minimalism, you know, approach applied to life that when you remove all of the clutter, you know, you can see, oh, do I like that or not? You know, that it's when it's all been covered up mm-hmm. by clutter. And so when you, you know, have the ability to remove things, you can you can see if you really like what you're doing or if it maybe gives you space to contemplate next steps.
0: Now, Matchpace actually also has another resource that you are launching November 9th and it's specifically for working moms. Uh, can you share some more details about that?
1: Yes, Jordan. Thank you so much for asking about that. We are launching a sprint for working moms. Starting on the first one is starting on November 9th. Mm-hmm. So, okay. as we talked about earlier, you know the we talked about the gender wage gap and we talked about you know how women are absorbing the pressure of of the pandemic and so while we know that it's hard for women to add another thing to their plates um we are offering a 6 week sprint that we think will actually help women take things off their plate mm-hmm. or get clear more clear about the things that they want on their plate and the things that they don't want on their plate and how to change that mm-hmm. um and so we're really hoping that with you know 6 group um, sessions, we're going to lead these in cohorts. We really hope that we can move the needle. We really plan to move the needle for working moms. Um, We're doing an individual cohort starting November 9th. And then we're also offering this with organizations if they want to bring together a cohort of the working moms on their team or working parents. um, And, you know, we can provide it tailored to a specific organization.
0: Okay. And is there a cost associated with it? There is. So
1: we are using a sliding scale. We want this to be affordable for everyone, Um, and so there. It's a little bit hard to explain voice wise the cost associated because there are three different categories. Um, Mm -hmm. But on the website, there's a full explanation of cost, and we don't want cost to be a factor for anyone. So if even the cost that we have listed there is too much, please just reach out, and we would love to have you in the cohort.
0: Awesome. Yep. And we will of course be linking that in the show notes page. Well, we've, we've given, I feel like so many, so many strings of thought and, you know, things that people can do. So before we get going, I would love to have you offer just maybe like one piece of advice or, you know, some people love mantras, you know, what would you arm someone with to use when they are taking a big next step in their life? Yeah. So
1: my biggest kind of advice or mantra is for people to get in touch with themselves and learn about themselves and their values. Um, if someone hasn't done a values exercise, you know, that is, it's just incredibly valuable. They're all over the internet. I can send you one to put up in the show notes, um, for people to really have taken some time, you know, take some of this quietness ish of the pandemic. It's like screaming at one one (laughs) side and quiet on the other. Right. Um, You know, but take some time to really think about what is important to you and who you are Mm -hmm. when the noise isn't covering up who you are. And so then when you have done that, you can come up with your own mantra or your own advice for yourself and start to implement it. And that is what I do is because I'm regularly checking in with myself. Hey, do these things align with who I am and who I want to be? And if I don't, what changes do I need to make? Or if I'm doing great, it's awesome to pause and acknowledge that. So
0: that's my advice
1: is create your own advice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad you joined us for this conversation with Elizabeth about taking a big next step, even in uncertain times. For more information about this episode, check out our website, forwardwomen.org slash podcast. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N.org slash podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred listening platform and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We appreciate your feedback and want to make sure we continue to feature topics you are interested in hearing more about. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.